It's time for JT the Brick. JT. Woo! Hey, girls. How are you? Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just different. JT the Brick. I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation who's saying, man... A lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is this is what the Raiders are all about. And now, here's JT the Brick. Here we go. Starting a new year of Raider Nation Radio right now. Beginning of our year-long programming, 2022, into hopefully whatever blank month in 2023. Welcome to the flagship of the Raiders, JT with you. I hope you had a great Labor Day. Hope you had a great holiday with friends and family. We are still on fire here in Vegas. The heat is extreme. It is extreme. Wasn't planning on this after monsoon season, but we got it again. And hope you had a good time. And if the kids are back in school already, back east where I'm from, everybody starts today. Back east, everybody says it's they cry. Today's the end of the summer. Not here in Vegas. We have many months of summer left. Many, many months, but it's the start of regular season Raider Nation Radio. So let me begin by doing what I do every year as I start off the show on this day, the State of the Union of the show. What I'd like the show to be, what I know the show has been done in the past, this is year 24 of hosting some type of flagship show on the Raiders. And we have a goal, we have ideas, we know exactly what we want to do here. And a lot of it counts on you. Really is, I'm one of the few guys left that interacts on the radio Now, we got a lot of interviews because we work with the team. So we get the coach, we get the Hall of Famers, we get the alumni, we get the insiders. But I have no radio show without you, the fans of the Raider Nation. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the calm ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I like when you call in and you're prepared. I like when you're smart. I like when you have good information and you have passion. That's it. We don't need bad calls on this show. We don't need any calls. We don't need anything. I don't have three co-hosts. It's just me and Bobby here. We got it all covered. So when we call on you, I'd like you to sound off like you got a pair. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. It's not, hey, JT, how was the weekend? We'll we'll, we'll all meet up at the torch. I'll see you at the Black Hole tailgate. I'll see you at some viewing parties. You are the reason I'm behind the radio. I have nothing, nothing, nothing without the fans of the Raider Nation. Longest running show in Raider history in any era on the radio. And we want the show to be great. Some shows are going to just be better than others because we're going to have some bigger guests or there's going to be coming off a win or there's going to be something dramatic. So what I'd like to do is just set the bar at a very high level. So please, please enjoy everything we do. Support our sponsors and partners if you can, because that's the reason I have a show. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. No one has ever told me that in my life that I won't be inclusive with this show. I've never talked. I'm loud at times, but I know that there are fans that know more than me. I'm just a fan behind the microphone. I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. And I know the rules with the Raiders. This is different than my national show and my podcast. We respect the Raiders, winning or losing. We don't make anything personal. We never make it personal, and we respect everybody else, especially from inside the team, coaches, GM, players, and all that. 
Other than that, like John John Madden, I don't have many rules. Just play like hell when you call in. Just have great tweets. Come on in, fired up, and enjoy it. Because this is why it's such a big part of the show. What we're going to do is we have the best insider lineup, I think, on any NFL flagship, not just the Raiders. We have everybody boxed in now for the rest of the season. Today we have the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, who will join us every other week, along with Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management at the Westgate. He's going to talk about it from a gambling perspective. Paul Gutierrez, the great insider from the Raiders, he joins us on Tuesdays also. And then we have a rotation. And then what I do is I leave up a couple of segments all week for the Charger insiders or the Cardinal insiders and the Titan insiders. And that's where I really think our show is different than others because I have those connections for almost 25 years. So I can get the voice of the Titans on. I can get the sideline reporter for you know the Chargers on. I can get all this stuff so you're going to have that great information. The Raiders give me the alumni and the Hall of Famers, who we will sprinkle in every Monday and Wednesday. And then from a gambling perspective, I want to talk to some gamblers. That's the one thing I want to evolve in a little bit more is I want to talk about the Raiders from a gambling perspective and the rest of the NFL on how you're going to gamble these games. And then we're also going to mix in baseball during September, October, the Rebels in football and basketball. And we're going to keep an eye on all sports, the NBA, LeBron James and all that. We're a talk show. We just happen to be on a Raiders radio station. The majority of it from here on out will be Raiders radio, but from time to time will change. I'll exclusively interview the head coach. Every week. I hope you saw my state of the team with the head coach and the president of the team that aired on all the channels here in town from Fox. They had it on NBC. Chris Matthews had it on 8 News Now. So that was the state of the team, and I conducted that with the coach last Thursday. That'll be up on Raiders.com. They already cut it up and made it a TV show. And I'm really going gonna to play that on Friday, I think, because it was the longest interview ever with Josh McDaniels in any format. I did 40 minutes with him. But it wasn't about the offensive line and Leatherwood. It wasn't about depth. It was basically the state of the team. What's it like with him and the GM? What are they trying to build here? So if you got a chance to see that, I hope you enjoyed that. And then they're going to tell me every week when the coach is coming on. And we'll have the coach on once a week in a set time slot along with some other programming that I'll be hosting. So that's the state of the union of the show. The show's only two hours. So I want the phones packed when I get in here. And then afterwards, Q comes on, keep them flowing. The number is 702-365-9200. Use the phone like a weapon. At a minimum this week, I should have nine lines packed every segment destroying the Chargers. This is what I really want the show to sound like every week for 17 games in 18 weeks. I want an all-out assault from the Raider Nation on the opposition. So this week, it's the Chargers. There's got to be some vitriol some hatred, and some passion against this team. I've been talking all offseason about this garbage, losing my voice, about this love affair with the Los Angeles Chargers. And it's been happening forever. And the frauds who every year say, well, this is the year of the Chargers, they said that last year the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. They said it the year before. They said it every year of Phillip Rivers' career. And that was one of the longest careers in NFL history. And it didn't happen. And every year I go through the same crap the week of the Charger game. The Chargers are better. The Chargers are better. The Chargers have a better quarterback. The Chargers have this and that every week. And I stand up to those Charger fans. I'm at the front of the gate of Game of Thrones. I'm fighting those Charger fans off. But let me tell you something as I dip the show in reality. 
this is a damn good Charger team. I would say, on paper, maybe the greatest Charger team I've covered in 24 years. And I've covered LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, my friend Junior Seau, Phillip Rivers. Guys who were going to the Hall of Fame, and they couldn't get it done. They have the choke gene. They choke. The Chargers with a C, they choke all the time. But eventually that's going to come to an end. It happened with Cincinnati last year. Cincinnati's a joke. Even a worse-run franchise with Mike Brown than Dean Spanos. I, I give the Chargers credit. They're, they run their franchise better than the, than the Bengals, and the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Soon enough, the Chargers are going to win. Soon enough, this team is going to get damn good. I'm talking Kansas City damn good if the Raider Nation doesn't go out and take these guys out. Fair enough? So I, I think the Chargers, I'm doing my Super Bowl preview show tonight. I'll tell you what my rankings are tomorrow. But this is, this could, a lot of people think this is the year of the Chargers. Vegas handicappers, NFL insiders. Fortunately, I've been down this road before. This road consists of Charger breakdown and debris all over the side of the road. Every year it's the same old crap. The Chargers are better than the Raiders. They have something better than the Raiders, and I stand on the radio and say that isn't the case. So I'll do it again. I'll do it again, but I need some Raider fans this week to put up a fight against the Chargers because most people think the Chargers have this game. They opened up a four-point favorite, three-and-a-half, depending on where you're shopping. Everyone... The show that came on this morning had the top 10 teams in the NFL. At number 5 was Kansas City. At number 4 were the Chargers. And at number 3 was Denver. No sign of the Raiders. So that's what we're up against this year. We are up against, as Raider fans, the image that the Raiders aren't good enough. These They don't know the Raider roster. They're not giving the coaching staff and the GM credit for improving the team from last year. Now, to, I'm always honest with you. The problem with the Raiders this year and why Vegas has them at eight and a half wins is they don't think they're going to win as many walk-off games, overtime games, ball bounces the right way the Raiders win. They believe that's going to rebalance out and the Raiders are going to lose some games. That could have came down to overtime against Baltimore, Miami, the Chargers on that last second kick. And instead of winning three of them in a row or four of them in a row, the Raiders will go two and two. And that would take the Raiders from 10 wins to eight wins. Number two, the Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. So there's, there's a couple of things that could happen here. The Raiders could get off to a really good start, and they could be the darling of the league. I mean, the Raiders open up with the Chargers in a marquee game. They have Kansas City before the bye week. They have Denver before the bye week. Tennessee, which all they do is win 12 games to go to the playoffs the last two years. They won their division. So we know what's in front of the Raiders early. Get to the bye week healthy with a manageable record. Not undefeated, but not buried in the schedule. And then there's going to be a, a, a group of games in the middle of the season where the Raiders could win four out of five, three out of four, and really – take off in the season, and then the back end of the season, it gets really hard with the Niners and depending on what the Patriots are going to look like, Kansas City at the end of the year, the Rams in L.A., and the Raiders got a lot of work. The Chargers the second time around. So I, I dove into the schedule at length. I know this schedule inside and out. I'm living this schedule every week, six days a week. It's a long season starting today. Let's get the show off to today 
Get me some anti-charger stuff in here now. Okay, let's build this the way it should be built correctly with a group of rabid fans who want to kick the ass of the Chargers here. And we'll fix in all the fluff and the interviews and the sound and all of that. But this week is about pointing at the Chargers and making it personal. Making it personal on the flagship station of the Raiders. Again, this place was freaking asleep the whole summer. It was quiet around here, man, which is fine. I was cool with it, took some time off, everything's good. I was pacing my house today to get in here today. I was work out, pace the house, dying to get in here to start off the show because of the Chargers. This is the team. And again, I'm not predicting the Raiders are going to win this game. I'm not in the prediction business. But I will just tell you that this is one of the top three road games of the year. Top three road games of the year. Opening up because it's going to set the tone for the entire season. For the media, it is. Not for the Raiders. It's not a make-or-break game. It's not going to end the season, win or lose. But for the media, the media is foaming at the mouth for the Chargers to kick the Raiders' ass. To say that there's something wrong with the Raiders. That the Raiders don't have a good blank, an offensive line. The Raiders didn't play Derek Carr and Devontae in the preseason. They're rusty in game one. The national media is ready to pounce if the Raiders lose this game. If the Raiders win this game... There's going to be an avalanche of Raider Nation all over the media. Pretty big game. You know, I think this is a really big game, and we're going to play it up here. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, former voice of the Chargers, will join us in the second hour of the show, and we'll get his opinion on that. So that's where we stand, Bobby. Yeah, I thought I'd come in here. There'd be like, you know, flyers and banners and free lunches and Raider hats for all of us here. I guess I'm the only one ready to freaking do this because I'm ready to do this. I'm ready in a big way coming off Labor Day weekend, and I want to set the bar very high on the flagship of the Raiders because I worked on crappy Raider flagship stations that didn't do anything, and this one's completely locked in with this lineup. So let's hear from you, and we'll have all of our insiders this week, a couple of surprises midweek as we get you ready for this, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I I think it's going to be a tremendous amount of fun for people on this channel to really enjoy it, and there's going to be some highs and lows. It's the other last thing. It's not going to be pretty. There's going to be days where this show is always hard. Last year I was on the air after the Henry Ruggs car accident that killed Tina Tintor. I was on the air when Damon Arnett was brandishing a gun. I was on the air when John Gruden resigned. I was on the air when Rich Basaccia took over. I was here for all of it. Last year was really hard. For, and it, the job isn't hard. The, this job is very easy. Very easy. But last year was an emotional roller coaster. Every Monday, I opened up my phone and said, wow, what's going to happen next? And this year, I just want football, man. I want good football. I want great times at Allegiant Stadium. I want everybody to have a good time. Also, congratulations to the Aces. Look, I don't talk a lot of WNBA, but you know I pull for this owner, and I want him to win a ring and a championship, Mark Davis. Uh, That's big. The final minute of that game was wild for the Aces, how they even got to overtime. Becky Hammond drawing up some wizard-type plays, and we just want to let you know that there's a watch party tonight for the Las Vegas Aces at Parkway Tavern inside the district at 7 p.m. DeMond will be there, and there'll be some great prizes, so come on out for that if you're watching the Aces tonight here as we cross-promote our sister station as we open up the show. So that's it. That's the monologue. Let's roll, 702-365-9200. I'm looking for the best Raider fans from noon to two. 
You could be old, you could be young, you could be female, male, whoever you are, but come on in. Don't be intimidated by the show because who we have on, be a leader and want to be heard. Be a voice that people recognize. Be that caller that someone says, I hope he calls into JT's show this week. I love to hear what he or she has to say. Add something to the show. Come in with a shot of adrenaline and be a fanatical Raider fan on this show. That's what we're looking for as we get going. Josh McDaniel just met the media. Here as he's wrapping it up over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, let's go to his press conference. Week, huh? Uh, exciting, obviously, for our guys. Uh, you, can, you can sense a different urgency and energy in here. Um, you know, opening day is always uh, an exciting time of the year. It's also, you know, there's always some unknowns. And so, uh, you know, we're hard at work trying to really, um, you know, get to know this team. Uh, there's definitely some new faces that they have uh, that we haven't really seen a whole lot of yet. Um, <clears throat> but we're, you know, trying to piece together the film from other teams and other places to study the opponent as much as we can uh, while we're getting familiar with the schemes that the coaches obviously have used in the past. So, um, uh, yeah, it's a. There's always going to be an element of adjusting and those kind of things on the very first game of the year and. Um, and our guys obviously have a great excitement and enthusiasm about them today uh, that I sense uh, to just start uh, this preparation for this team. So uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a big challenge. Uh, they're a really good football team and obviously have added a lot of new faces, um, you know, through free agency and the draft. And, um, you know, we know we know how good they were last year. And, and obviously, uh, you know, I know they've, they've improved their football team and, uh, this is going to be a big, a big challenge on the road. Along the, the lines, um, going into a first game from your experience, um, how much do you rely on what happened in years past uh, as opposed to what might come? And you know, what's the what's the uh, uh, expediency that you guys can can move off whatever the game plan might have been coming in based on what they did before to adjust yeah. to something that maybe you didn't anticipate? I think you have to go in, um, you know, feeling comfortable about what you're going to do. Um, uh, the best you can do is is give your players an opportunity to um, an educated opinion on what we might see. Um, uh, you know, we've seen some film from the preseason. It's not extensive in terms of scheme. Uh, it's not extensive in terms of players playing with one another. But um, you know, you have an idea of a roundabout idea about what it's what it's going to be. But I think opening day really is about two things. It's about uh, following your rules, and you're going to find out a lot about yourself, you know, because you may see some things that you have never practiced that week uh, that maybe you practiced in the spring or maybe you practiced in training camp, but it comes up because it's a different, you know, something different that you didn't expect. Um, and then it's really about, you know, adjusting, you know, if you need to, uh, which there's probably been very few opening days that I've been a part of where that hasn't been a necessity to some degree. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge swing in one direction or the other. But, you know, if, you, if you're seeing something that for the first time, you know, you may need to go over there and have a conversation about how we handle it on defense or special teams or offense or whatever it may be, um, and then make a subtle adjustment, you know, and try to, you know, keep playing. But um, most of us are going to go out there and try to do what we know how to do, you know, and kind of let the game come to us a little bit. 
um, you know, every once in a while you play somebody that, you know, will give you some some stuff, you know. So um, we're going to prepare for what, we, what we've seen. We can't really prepare for the things we don't know. Uh, so we're just going to focus on the things we can see on film and the players that we know are going to be there. And uh, we'll adjust if we need to. But there is a bit of a surprise. Uh, there, it can cause some uncomfortable, you know, uh, uh, things on, on the sideline. But do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy that kind of, all right, here's what we have to do now, the adjustments that you have to make on yeah, the sideline? Yeah, I think that's that's part of the fun, um, you know. And, and hopefully, you know, we're going to present some of those to somebody too at some point, you know what I mean? Like I said, uh, um, you don't go into opening day and it's just vanilla ice cream, you know. Usually there's maybe some chocolate and some sprinkles somewhere, but I mean, you know, you, you, you know, it, it's probably a little bit more toned down on opening day because you're not exactly sure. But um, you know, we just got to make sure we know what's in our cone. You know what I mean? Right. To start the game, you know, and figure out exactly how we're gonna, you know, play the game on our terms, and you know, and so let let our guys go out there and know what their assignments are be confident in what they're doing you know and then once it happens uh yeah there's the the strategic part of it is fun you know i mean that's why we do this you know and and there's great coaches on the other sideline this week and there is every week and so they're going to present some challenges to us we know that um that's that won't be the first time and so uh, that's our responsibility to try to, you know, pr provide our players with an answer or a solution if there's something that's that's bothering us, and uh, we'll try to do that as quickly as we can. Josh, I'm not speaking schematically, but coming into camp because it was your first year, there's a lot of unknowns for you. What is an area of concern that now that you're out of camp, you're like, well, I wasted time worried about that? Maybe something that's just pleasantly surprised you, non-schematically. You know, I. I I really think that the the overall depth on our football team, um, you know, has 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 really kind of taken shape. Um, you never know how that's going to be when you put, you know, when we like I said when when we got here, there was thirty seven or so players on the team, and then you end up with ninety going to camp, and so you know, there's there's a that's a lot of guys that haven't you know lined up in a in a Raiders uniform that you're trying to kind of bring together and then you know teach them how to play with one another and those kind of things. So, you know, initially, you know, how many guys do you really start with that know each other? Not many, you know, but, you know, as they've grown, as they've taken reps with each other, um, they've gotten more communication with one another and they've gotten more comfortable. And so, um, you know, this is always uh, the, the week that tests that almost more than any other week, because I don't know that anybody's in mid-season shape or form, you know, there's not any player in the league that, you know, or most players have not played an entire game yet, you know. And so, um, you know, you're going to need to use the guys that are active at the game. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, you don't, you don't go and play 39 of the 46 or 48. You got to, if they're there, you know, you're probably going to use them because it's the right thing to do early in the season especially. So um, I'd say the depth on our team has really kind of, like I said, it's evolved. It's taken some form for us, and uh, we're not going to be afraid to play it. You know what I mean? Like, they're at the game for a reason. They've earned it, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to go out there and get their feet wet, some of them younger than others, as you know. So A lot has been made about the offense outside looking in. Are you excited now with, the, you know, the guys obviously you didn't play in preseason now, but looking forward to what this can become? I mean, that's got to excite you as well because so many on the outside looking in, look at all the, some of the skill and say, wow, that could be – Pretty explosive. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited about our team, and and to your point, um, you know, our offense has has put in a lot of time together um, here. 
Uh, we haven't necessarily done it in a preseason game yet. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, you know, there's there's players that, you know, are, are going to get integrated into, um, you know, into our system offensively, defensively, or in the kicking game that I'm kind of interested to see, you know, whether they be young players uh, or somebody that I haven't really, you know, been around too much. But, yeah, I'm excited for, for all three units, quite honestly. Um, I really am. They've put in a ton of work. And, uh, you know, this, this opening day is always fun because you get to play a game and then you're going to find out a lot more, you know, three hours after you start than you knew before the game started. So um, excited to see what that's going to be. Excited to see where we're going to have to evolve to. Um, we know we're not going to be perfect. Uh, that's that's a, it's impossibility on opening day. So, um, But, yeah, definitely, definitely urgent. Uh, enthusiastic, you can tell in there, and we're excited to have an opportunity to compete on Sunday. Do you get predictions? Do you get predictions on potential? I do not. I do not. I know we'll get the uh, you know, injury reports later this week, but uh, do you feel like everybody's pretty much? Yeah, I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I, I feel I feel like we've kind of, you know, like most teams do, we try to, you know, manage our ourselves to get to this point and be as healthy as possible. You know. Um, so hopefully we'll have a chance to have a full group out there on Sunday, and um, you know that's the goal. Um, so um, that would be, you know, that would be a good thing. So we say team game last year. Um, I'm wondering, first of all, how, how much do you look back on that at all? And then just that became such a moment. Like people still call it the best NFL game of the year last year. Yeah. Sure, you had other stuff going on, but was that one that pulled you in? Uh, do you have any memories from that? Yeah, uh, I was interested in the outcome too. Uh, you know, because I think it affected us in some way, shape, or form in terms of who we may have played. But um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it was uh, it's a great football game. Um, you know, and uh, I thought it was well coached. I thought there was. There was some adjustments that needed to be made because the game kind of took a turn and all of a sudden became a shootout and um, you know a lot of situational football that that probably could have swayed the outcome one way or the other. Um, you know they went for it on a, a number of fourth downs. Um, there was a couple of critical situations late in the game, some really important kicking plays. Um, I thought there was a lot of players that really stepped up and and did an incredible job under pressure, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the season, you know, everybody's season was riding on what happened in that game. And, um, I thought we had a, a lot of players that made some individual plays that were really important to the outcome. And, and so did they. So, um, you know, the two teams now are different, you know, so we've watched that game. We've seen it. Um, as you know, the, the scheme, uh, on their end may be a little bit more similar to the, what, you know, uh, to that game uh, as we start Sunday uh, than ours will be. But, um, you know, I think there's been so much change relative to the personnel on both sides that, um, you know, they have a new team, we have a new team like there is every year. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, we're looking forward to competing on Sunday. Josh, as you said, there's always a lot of hype around, you know, season openers, but there's a little extra juice to this one with it being a divisional game and a road game. You spoke about, you know, the players being really excited for this one. But as a coach, do you kind of just let players and their emotions with it kind of just let them go, or, or do you kind of try to temper some of the excitement to, to not get too wrapped up in the moment of the game? Um, they burned the right to be excited, uh, no doubt. You know, they put in all the work, you know. Um, I think there's a difference between being excited to play and compete and uh, going over overboard and then wearing yourself out, you know, because look, there's no question that the energy and excitement that you feel can take its toll on you if you if you're you know if you're too uh, too far past the line. So um, you know, we'll just try to we'll try to contain it. I think is a better word, and just try to you know funnel it towards Sunday, you know, and 
um, once we once we kick the ball off, um, you know, our guys are going to play with their hair on fire. So um, it'll be fun, um, you know. And they've, like I said, they've earned the right to be excited about this one. Coach, a guy that you went up against a lot in practices over the years was Asante Samuel, and now you go from coaching Asante Samuel, essentially now playing against his son. How yeah. surreal is that for you? And also, what do you see on tape that you like about? Yeah. His son reminds me about his reminds me of his dad, um, you know, and uh, Sante was I was there. I was actually on the defensive side when we drafted Asante uh, in New England. So um, I spent a lot of time with Asante, um, you know, obviously a great player, um, you know, and, and a guy that made a lot of impactful plays. And so uh, his he's taught his son well, um, you know, he's he's got quick feet. He sees and diagnoses things very quickly. Um, when he's around the ball, he's got great ball skills, like a receiver, uh, like his dad did. Um, and so he's he's a guy that you better be aware of, you know, where he's at at all times. And and uh, we have to run good routes, um, you know. And he he's very he's very quick twitch uh, at the top of your your stems and those types of things to match routes very well. So our guys have have been hard at work studying him and and the rest of their secondary. But um, no question that he's got a bright future in front of him. Coach, speaking of that secondary, piggybacking on uh, Asante Samuel, you have Derwin James there who likes to disguise pre-snap coverage from yep. post-snap play. Can you describe what Derwin James brings to the table in terms of uh, skill set? Yeah, um, well, I think their whole secondary is really well coached. Um, Brandon has always done a great job with that. Ronaldo, uh, I've, I've been with Ronaldo uh, before in my career, coached him in Denver, and um, they're very, they, they, they know exactly, you know, what they want the quarterback to see. And it's not always what you want to, what you want to see as a quarterback. So, um, you know, they do a good job of, of disguising. Um, they do a, a good job of holding rotation, false rotation, um, trying to give the quarterback different looks before the ball snapped, um, and really challenging, um, your communication, your reads, your discipline, your detail. Um, and then they're 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 really pretty good in coverage. Uh, they all match routes well. They can run. Uh, they tackle and hit. They go after the ball. Um, like I said, this is this is a really good unit um, that we're getting ready to play. And again, we haven't really seen the unit in its whole in, in its entirety yet. Uh, so we know what we're getting ready to 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 deal with. And Derwin is cer- certainly an incredible player and has been for a long time. And um, you know, it'll be a big challenge for us. Josh, a lot of coaches I've covered are almost miserable doing their job because they're so detail-oriented. You're that way, but are you able to step back and enjoy the process a little bit? I'm detail-oriented or miserable? No, detail-oriented. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the last thing for miserable. I'm the, you are very detail-oriented. No, yeah, very detail-oriented, but enjoy every minute of it. Um, enjoy every minute of it. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm having going to... I've been scouting with my father since I was four years old, you know, and holding the clicker and all that. So um, I, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't doing this, you know. And to me, this is what I've always dreamt about doing. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things you do in coaching that um, nobody sees and, you know, really aren't, uh, you know, they're not glory jobs and those kind of things. But um, when you understand the big picture, everything contributes to the process and the end result. And so – uh, whether it's script and practice or watching film or, you know, you're in your office late at night and you're just trying to diagnose something else or scribbling on a notepad or coaching an individual period, um, you know, there, there's something to be gained from all of it. And, uh, you know, it would be, I don't know what fun it would be if you didn't find the joy in all those things. So 
um, I'm super excited. Uh, this is a great time for everybody in the National Football League, and coaches are no different. I can't wait. All right, that's head coach Josh McDaniels. He still was speaking, so he spoke a long time. We wanted to get you about 10 or 12 minutes of his press conference. That's his first press conference ahead of a game. So going up against the L.A. Chargers here. Who's going to be the first Raider fan that calls in to start the season off today? We'll find out who that's going to be at 702-365-9200. Monologue brought to you by P.T.'s. P.T.'s has been with me longer than anybody. Proud partner. They fuel the monologue. They have happy hour from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. It is the best happy hour in town. Come on in and watch the Raiders. Have a great time talking Raider football Hopefully your fantasy football team is set and you built that roster at PT's. From the gaming to the great food at the bar for a place to be with your, you and your friends and especially the opportunity for them to be back with us to start another season. I thank everyone at Golden Entertainment, the entire team there. Thanks to PT's as they kick off my show every day. Jeff Sherman will join us coming up in about 15 minutes, the VP of Risk Management at the Superbook. Raiders never moved off eight and a half. I want to know why. Want to know why they never moved off over eight and a half wins this year in Vegas? That's concerning to me. Uh, tomorrow, I'll give you my Super Bowl picks. I have one of them in the AFC. I'm trying to figure out my NFC pick. We'll have that for you tomorrow as we kick off Raiders season on the flagship. Um, I mean, special teams is is as important, if not more important, than any other phase of the of the game. And um, especially in this level, you got to be able to do everything. So I mean, I know like I spent some time back there returning, but I also try to hone in on being a gunner, um, being a guy on kickoff. Even if I had to go like on a couple front lines of the kick return to block, like I try to take all those and and be the best at all those because you never know. Like they might need you to fill in right here one week, might need you to fill in there one week, and I. I feel like um, versatility in all four phases of special teams is big for everybody, not just myself. That's DJ Turner. He made the roster. Good for him. Most people didn't have him making the roster when the, when the preseason started and training camp started. Demarcus Robinson was supposed to have that gig, and he was let go. So Raiders made some changes with that final roster. We're done with that. We're just focused on the Chargers with the team that they have, 702-365-9200. As you know, we're brought to you by Resorts World. They're a proud partner of our show. Doghouse Saloon is where I host Monday Night Football. It's a great place. It's massive. It's big. Several big screen video boards. And right there is their sports book. So you can place your bet. There's drink specials. There's specials if you bet on the game and come in and watch Monday Night Football. And we're also over at Red Tail, which is a great place to hang out also if you like everything from interactive video games to playing games while the games are on and get into Zook, the nightclub. You can cut the line by attending Red Tail. And then I hang out at the great cigar bar that I'm always at, which is fantastic. Love 8 Cigar Lounge and all the restaurants at Resorts World. So Scott Sabella. President of Resorts World, his vision for sports, going out to Resorts World and have a great sports experience, dining experience, nightlife experience. It's just a great place to be. We love everything at Resorts World. All right, let's get going as we open this up. Autumn wind chimes is in California. Start us off. What's happening? Hey, what's up, JT? This is Autumn Wind Chime calling. I want to weigh in on my Raiders today. Go ahead, please. Yeah, so I'm expecting the Raiders to go out this year 
and present as a united front. Mm -hmm. And I think bringing on Josh McDaniels and his crew Mm -hmm. is really giving this organization something they haven't had in a while, and it's just a polished uh, look and expectation. Yeah, it's really buttoned up. It's really polished. It's really buttoned up from the GM to the coach communication, and then they brought in a lot of their coaches and a lot of individuals from New England to run it their way. I've been very impressed with that. And, look, normally I'm impressed when a coaching staff comes in. Everybody wants to do well. Everybody seems to be on the same page. But this is a little bit different because of the chemistry between Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Absolutely. It has a different feel Mm. this year. And I'm expecting them to go into the stadium on Sunday and take this game. Well, that'd be nice if they could go into L.A. Thanks for the call and win in L.A., where 100% there'll be more Raider fans than Charger fans. Everybody understand this? There'll be more Raider fans than Charger fans at that game. Now, I think the Charger fans would like to get that out of the way. It's a good time to have the Raiders in week one. Everybody's paying attention to everything else. whole world is, like, paying attention to everything with football starting. If this was week six or seven, it would be embarrassing to the Chargers to see how many Raider fans are there. So Raider Nation, take over that stadium, take over that little lake they have out in front, whatever you want to do in Inglewood. I'm not pro-Inglewood, I'm pro-Vegas. Take it over, let Gorilla Rilla wear his mask. I mean, Gorilla Rilla's in the head of the entire organization. They don't want Gorilla Rilla to wear his mask, his gorilla mask. I mean, do you think that's an organization that's not focused on the big thing there? So back Rilla. And go have a good time, Raider Nation. If you're going to that game, I want to hear from you this week. You go to the front of the line. You tell Bobby if you're calling in this week if you're going to L.A. for that game. Raider J in Monterey, California. What a beautiful spot to be. What's happening? Hey, Jay. Thank you for letting me uh, have an opportunity to sound off yeah. today. What a great day to be a Raider fan. It is so bomb out here in Monterey. I can't even tell you. It's actually unseasonably hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but preaching to your choir. But, uh, man, it's just killer. Hey, how many reasons do we have to be thankful right now for what's about to go down? I mean, honestly, bro, I feel like this, okay, early on I resisted the whole New England deal. I resisted, I admit it, but resistance for the sake of resisting is asinine. And I'm so full circle. We come so full circle. I feel like we're more prepared. We're more talented. We're more ready to face this this schedule that you so clearly delineated for everybody. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty gnarly schedule. But I feel like we've never been more prepared than to get it right now. We have uh, one of the best receiving tandems, receive, mm-hmm. receiving uh, cores in all of, that we've ever had, for one, and in all of football right now. We've got two rock star defensive ends. We've got an uh, MVP candidate at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say it. I mean, sure. Derek Carr has never, ever, ever been the problem. Everybody wants to complain if he, you know, if he fumbles a little bit or, you know, whatever. Get off D.C. D.C. 4 has never been the problem. We're lucky that we've had him all this mm-hmm. time to get us through all we've gotten through. Hey, let's talk about San Diego. We're going to go get this, man. That's a home game. Talking trash to my family and my cousin who's a uh, props to the, to the PD and, and, and those emergency workers. My cousin's one in the L.A. area. He's a big, big Charger fan. And uh, I love it. I love talking trash mm-hmm. to that guy. Um, and my family, look, this is a home game right here. Yep. I look forward to opening the season with two home games. Hey, shout out to Autumn Windchimes. It's a pleasure to follow her. Go get it, sister. Um, I had a Freudian slip yesterday, and I said, looking forward to opening the season with two home wins. Yeah, that's right. The Autumn wins. It's a Raider. Let's go. All right, let's see. Let's see if the Raiders can open up with a win. I'm not talking about Arizona yet in the home game. 
Okay, that's a big one. We have all week next week to do that. I got excellent guests lined up in advance. Jason Horowitz, voice of the Raiders at the top of the hour. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN and the franchise, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, as we continue on. You know, I always tell you about Sam and Ash. We want to welcome them to the start of the season. Where would I be without the two best attorneys in town? If you get into an accident, there is only one group to call. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Number 702-820-1234. You got all these testosterone wackos and weird commercials with wacky attorneys. Get the best of the best. SamandAshInjuryLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Well, the defenses are a little better, you know. Um, no offense to the other Mountain West guys. Um, I see UNLV, two UNLV hats today. No offense. Uh, but the defenses are a little more complicated and all that kind of stuff. But it does, it like, when we connect on one, I have had thoughts of, like, like remembering a play that, oh, we did that against that team or something like that. So, yeah, I have those thoughts, but it's definitely different. <laughs> Derek Carr, the quarterback of the Silver and Black. JT, back with you as we continue. We love talking to Jeff Sherman, the VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. And Jeff, welcome to football. We know how busy you've been with college football. Let's preview what's in front of us starting on Thursday. But first, is there any movement on any season win totals? Any pressure on a team coming into Thursday night, week one, where a season win total could be changing in your mind? Yeah, we've had a few movements. Uh, a lot of unders. The Seahawks under, they were six. Now they're five and a half, so uh, people aren't liking Seattle. The Jets have been bet down pretty heavily from mm. six. Uh, we're pretty strong on the under price on the Jets now, under $1.40. Uh, so anti-Jet sentiment there. I know Zach Wilson's injury had a little to do with that. Uh, the Dolphins have seen a lot of positive support. They opened nine under, now they're nine over, but one-way traffic on the Dolphins. So nine over from nine under on the Dolphins, and they've been one of the more hyped teams. Let's go to Thursday night, where initially the Open, the Rams were a one-point favorite. I see you have it at Buffalo minus two and a half. You know, Buffalo's my Super Bowl pick in the AFC. They were last year. I'm riding with Buffalo again this year. I think they're the best team in all of football, balanced team here, and now they flip to a favorite on the road. Yeah, and a lot that's a lot of people's sentiment. They like Buffalo, and in this spot, too, people traditionally like to bet against the team that won the Super Bowl. So... Uh, you've seen a movement here, like you said, two and a half points up. Buffalo now laying two and a half. We're starting to see a little bit of Ram support at plus two and a half, but uh, we're really looking forward to this game because it's two of the more popular teams in the NFL. Going to be tremendous action for this opening night. I know tickets on Miami here. As Miami opened up originally minus three, you have Miami now minus three and a half against New England. I didn't think New England looked good in the preseason, but it's the preseason and Belichick really can flip the switch. Has there been support at a price here for the New England Patriots, an underdog on the road? No, you know, we did open at Miami three. It got as low as Miami two and a half, but now it's crossed that threshold of three again. They laid two and a half now just today. We got Miami sharp money on Miami minus three, so it's pretty much minus three and a half on the market. Very little Patriot support. Uh, a team I like a lot this year, Jeff, is Philadelphia. I'm really interested to see because, you know, you got that hard knocks bounce as everybody watches hard knocks and thinks that's a team that's going to be improved, maybe with season win totals. But pretty strong here for Philadelphia, minus four on the road at Detroit. And this is a game that Philly's going to need if they're going to overtake Dallas by the end of the year in that division, something that I think is going to come down to one pivotal game. 
Yeah, we're expecting a, a lot of Eagles support in this game. It's sitting at Eagles minus four Detroit. It looks like it's going to be heading one way, if anything, north, just from public support. And uh, just to allude to your point there with the Eagles and Cowboys, we really made some adjustments on our own, not money-driven, but we equated the Eagles and the Cowboys' season win total, division odds, mm. pretty much Super Bowl odds to the same. They started out Dallas higher power rated, but now in our eyes we have the Eagles and Cowboys almost identical. Jeff Sherman joins us from the Westgate. A, a lot of changing and movement going on this Minnesota-Green Bay game. You know, Green Bay last year was my Super Bowl pick in the NFC, and they couldn't get by Jimmy Garoppolo, and they lost their best receiver in Devontae Adams. And it seems like there's sharps and public on Minnesota. What can you tell us about the Vikings in this game as Green Bay opened up minus, I believe, one, one and a half, and I think you have it here, Green Bay still minus one and a half total on this 47. Yeah, we opened Green Bay two and a half, and we are down to one and a half. So we have seen Sharps and the public both betting the Vikings. And today we took some under money from under mm. 48, now we're at 47, and that was from respected play. Uh, so you're looking at Vikings and under being the side that everyone's looking at right now at this early stage. And, you know, the Vikings are a trendy pick this year. People think there's going to be a nice improvement. You had the coaching change. So uh, Vikings early support right now. Jeff Sherman, VP Risk Management at the Westgate, the Superbook, the best con- contest in all of NFL sports gaming. Uh, Chargers Raiders here. We spent a lot of time talking about that as we're both based here in Vegas. Chargers still a favorite here. I see you have Chargers minus three and a half. Yeah, we did open the Chargers as a four-point favorite. There's been a lot of Raiders support. We've mm-hmm. even some seen some support on the money line for the Raiders here. Uh, and it's driven down on the market. You see some minus three, minus 20s on the Chargers. We're still holding at three and a half. We still think it should be a little bit above three. Uh, but it's been mostly Raider one-sided support so far. Well, let's wrap it up with college football. Give me a couple of takeaways in some of those games. Notre Dame covered. So what was that like at the book that day, watching that game go back and Notre Dame actually having the lead? Yeah, we had a lot of Ohio State support in that game, so that was a good result for us. And anytime you get the dog win but or, or cover but not win outright, that's usually a, a good situation in a high-profile game. So, you know, there were still people at the end hoping Ohio State could push it through, but Notre Dame really held their own in that game. I thought the biggest win was Florida upsetting Utah. What does that mean for Utah going in? And Utah now almost seems like they have to run the table in the Pac-12 if they're going to make a playoff run this year. Yeah, it's funny because we took a lot of support for Utah to win the national championship game before this game, uh, and there was a lot of public support with being short of a field goal against Florida. The Sharps were on the dog. The public was on the favorite, so that was a good game for us. But now, uh, yeah, Utah's got a tough slate ahead of them losing this first game. And, Jeff, finally, a comment on Live Golf, DJ, Dustin Johnson, $4.5 million. I mean, the, the, the team win, the individual win, they're playing with shorts now. I think they brought in, you know, a great player, the number two player in the world. I watch a lot of golf as you do, and you're a pro with this, as you set golf handicapping odds here. I think the momentum with Liv has been incredible if you can find it on the stream and you can find the feed. Everybody's talking about it immediately following these matches. Give us a takeaway from Liv and the payout and how these events are doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fields have been getting stronger each week as they've been signing these golfers away. And Joaquin Neiman, that's a really good get for him, too you know, number 18 in the world at his young age. So uh, it's quality field. You can't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we were looking at the, the list last week of the, of the players, it was better than most PGA Tour tournaments would be on a weekly basis. And so next week we're going to see Liv go up against the PGA Tour in Napa. And I still don't think we're going to write as much. I mean, we wrote about half last week what we do on a normal PGA Tour event on the Live tournament. So 
Uh, it's still going to be a little bit far behind the PGA Tour tournaments, just because, like you said, the TV coverage. If they can get a TV contract next year, that would catapult them even further. But the product is there, the names are there, and it's going to keep getting uh, more and more momentum. Thanks, Jeff. Good luck Thursday night to kick off the NFL season at the Westgate. Thank you. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, VP of Risk Management. So he's a pro. I have a professional handicapper on twice a week to tell you where the line is. That's where based in Vegas. For those who are streaming us outside, our audience is much bigger outside of Vegas than it is in Vegas. So we like to tell everybody how to gamble. And with the Raiders, you heard, they opened up at four. Now it's Raiders three and a half. Uh, They're getting three and a half. So that hook is important there. I know a lot of Raiders, he says a lot of support on the Raiders in that game. And as I take a look, 83%, 83% of the tickets are on the Chargers. Okay, it was right in front of me here on the screen as I take a look at this. And three and a half total on that game is 52. That's fascinating to me, 52 at the Westgate, depending on where you're shopping there. Do you think the Raiders and Chargers can score over that? Well, throughout the course of the year, I would hope so. I would hope that the Raiders would score 30 against the Chargers, and the Chargers might score 40. I think that's a low total. But week one, these guys haven't played. There's no chemistry yet with Justin Herbert. And Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Devontae Adams and Carr, they haven't played yet. Does that affect the total? Jason Horowitz joins us at the top of the hour. we got a big hour coming up. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders, as we kick off our Raiders regular season coverage.